48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube. 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is effort removes excuses. And so uh, what I meant by effort removes excuses is the potential of something is always going to be perfect because it's potential. It's not realized. Right. And so um, people always say things like this, like, oh, this sounded so much better in my head or the idea I had in my head was so much better than what I was actually able to do. Um, that's because your brain is lying to you. Right. There's also no risk. As long as you never start anything, you can never fail. Um, you can never get hurt. You can never make huge, horrible mistakes. Um, and so there's there's all of these there's all of these excuses that you can have to not start. But as soon as you start something, the main excuse that it removes is um, that it exists now, right? And so you don't have an idea for a great story. You've written your book, and it's good or bad, right? You don't have an idea for a comic. You've drawn it, and it's good or bad. It exists. It comes into reality. And so I think I think what I wanted to talk about is kind of like, because um, it sounds negative almost to say this, but like there's some huge benefits to that because everybody's always waiting for um, something. They're always waiting for their schedule to open up or waiting for their job to calm down or waiting for their life to settle or waiting for money to be right or whatever. And the fact of the matter is that there is never a good time to start a project. It's just, there, it just isn't right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, putting forth the effort and doing the work, it removes all of those excuses that you're using to not start because you've proven that you can bring something into reality. And then you have to deal with the fact of whether it's good or not. And I think that's a little scary. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just stay in the theoretical realm, right? And and people can talk theory and criticism all they want. I actually went off on Twitter the other day about this because I was just like freaking... Now, there's two types of critics. I love the critics that add value and curate and are bringing an interesting discussion that really raises things up. I do not like the critics that never try to make anything and only tear stuff down. And it's like, you are a useless member of the art community and you shouldn't exist. It's like, you are just a leech on the system that is just trying to inject a class system into, into something that doesn't need a class system. Um, and they're not creating. And so they might have tons of excuses and they are putting out airs and pretending to be uh, very knowledgeable about something. But until you do it, I don't think you can claim knowledge. I think you can claim a desire for knowledge. I think you can claim a lot of wanting, but you can't claim like experience. Like experience trumps um, talk every time. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things come to mind, like, um, one on the waiting thing you were mentioning, like my wife and I, <clears throat> before we had a kid, we just kind of kept like, you know, like thinking, well, you know, when we have enough money or right. when I get like the right career, cause at the time I was still freelance and when conditions are right, we were still in an apartment. So it was like, well, when we have a house, when we, 
when we have like all these things, like that's when, um, you know, we'll be ready and we'll have a kid. And I remember a couple people just talking to us and giving us the cold truth that like most parents would give, which is like, you're never like, you are literally never going to be in the position to have a kid until you have a kid. Yeah. You're never going to be ready. Yeah. You can't be perfectly ready. You can't be financially ready. You just kind of can't be ready. Um, it's it's one of those things, like, if you want to do it, you just kind of commit to it, you do it, and then you make it work. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean you should be foolish about it, but it's just one of those things of that reminds me of art in a lot of ways because there's so many benefits from, like, being a parent. It's the same thing with art. It's like um, there are so many benefits to actually doing it, but if you're kind of living in this eternal preparation or criticism – you're going to be in this awkward place where um, it, it's just going to be very difficult to make that work and, and get anything done um, creatively. Another thing that comes to mind, it's just that old analogy of like the, you know, it, it's, it's pretty easy to be like an armchair expert or be like a, a person on the sidelines, like telling a superior athlete, like how to how they should have played how they should have done the play on the right. on the field. Um, it's another thing to be on the field, see the conditions, yeah. have guys that are like gigantic running at you, like intending to hurt you, <laughs> right? And then like have to score a play or whatever game that is, you know. Um, it, it's one thing to to kind of criticize; it's another to get in it. So, um, the the reason I think experience does trump um sorry what what was the phrase it's experience trumps. effort effort removes excuses and experience trumps talk i think that's it yeah um effort the, so the reason i think effort outdoes um excuses or gets rid of excuses is basically like this when you're when you're safe on the sidelines um it's easy to make every excuse in the world as to like um like why you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. But the second you do it, um, and especially when it's a personal project, it's like there's literally no one to blame but yourself and you have to live with yeah. what you created. And it's never going to live up to the kind of perfect standard that you yourself are going to have. Yeah. Um, but one thing it will do, and this is something I've noticed with a lot of creators, you, when you meet people who are kind of like legends in the field, a lot of the time they're super humble and and super hesitant to be super critical of other artists. And if they are, they always punch up. I, right. I rarely see like a very successful artist punch down. Right. Um and by that I just mean like I think a good critic, um, if they are gonna be super critical of something, would pick something that is like lauded yeah. and like everyone loves. Um, something that's got tons of money behind it, and so it's a big company, and and they're they're big kids, so they can take it. Right. Um, whereas, like, I think petty critics tend to like kiss up to like the bigger stuff and just find the indies and like, you know, dissect them and attack them. And, yeah. and it seems like the wrong direction to to be pointing criticism. Um, Adam in the chat said he missed the first few minutes. Go back after this. And watch the first few minutes because there's time travel involved. <laughs> and so you're then participating in our early time travel 
by traveling back in time and watching this yeah. in the past, even though right now is the present for us. So there you go. Uh, yeah, and I also want to I also want to add that um, it it seems it seems bad like you know, it's never going to live up to what you, what you think, like the way that I imagine something and then my ability to execute what's in my mind is never going to match up. Right. And that seems like a bad thing, but I think it's actually an exceptionally good thing. And the reason is because everyone who has a brain and has eyeballs, um, can imagine what something would look like. Um, but only very few people who are willing to take the hours and hours and hours of sacrifice can realize and execute anything visual. Um, and so there's, there's like a level of above as, as imperfect and, and whatever, you know, adjective you want to use to describe it, it, it may be, it exists in reality. It has been realized as a physical work. Um, and that is, I, I think things that are executed are way more important and have way more impact than things that are never realized because they stay inside people's imagination. And so yeah. I wouldn't look at the fact that your work is never going to match up to your uh, your, your hopes um, as a negative thing because your hopes exist inside of your brain and no one else can see them. You know, no one else can see what you're imagining. And so your your ability to create anything, I think, is super important. Um, and then at that point in time, you stand by it, right? And you and you say, yeah, this is this is the best I can do right now. I will get better, and in a in a week, and in a month, and in a year, I'll be able to do it do it better and differently, and and I'll have improved because I'm going to continue to work. But right now, this exists, and I made a thing. Um, yeah. And I think that's I think that's awesome because there are very few people that are willing to do what it takes to execute and realize what they can imagine. Yeah, I, I have one thing to tack on. I don't want to extend it too long. So, but uh, but I'll also say that by making like you're making an effort regardless, like making an excuse is a is a wasted effort. Yeah. Meaning, like, you're exerting energy and time and thought into excuses. Um, and if you just flip that that energy and that time and that passion um, from, like, let's say you're being a critic. You take that time being a critic where you're criticizing other work and you put that thought and that effort and that passion, maybe that hatred or whatever, towards creating something yeah you're now actually going to end up with something whereas the other thing all you're going to end up is taking something and deconstructing it and possibly ruining it so so like one has a negative impact because it literally just removes or takes things down a notch whereas the other adds something new to the dialogue and so i i would say just making an effort in creation is 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 the right um, way to kind of put your energy forward as yeah. opposed to like putting all that energy into you know pretty much like you know excuses um, take all the excuses all the time you think of the excuses the reasons just spend that time drawing yeah and you'll find that you end up with more work 
and and more kind of pride, I think, afterwards, like healthy pride. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and along those same lines, take all the time that you use explaining your excuses to other people of why you're not doing stuff and uh, show them the work that you're created, that you've created instead, you know, yeah. like replace, replace the creation and the explanation of those excuses with uh, creating art and showing it to people. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I mean, I, I think this is just an old tale um, that's pretty common, especially in the LA area where like everybody has this idea of like, like what the perfect movie is and when they get in film they're going to make this perfect movie uh-huh. and then they like work as like a PA or something on a film and they see how almost impossible it is to even make a film period right much less a film that's any good or makes any sense where where the, the like storylines even e- even possible to follow Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's so many cogs that just like one little mistake can destroy the whole thing. It's a very fragile thing, and it's kind of an accident a lot of the time that anything comes out good in that scenario in the whole studio system. Yeah. So, like once again, by dipping in, you get a better perspective on what it is that you're critiquing, and I think you'll find yourself to be a lot less critical too. So I, we're going way over, but uh, yeah. but yeah, good topic, man. Yeah. I could go on that one for a long time. Oh yeah, and along those lines, go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because it is the best comic book movie that's ever been made. I saw it last night. It's legit. It is like so good. <laughs> anyway, good story, good voice acting, good dialogue, and the most incredible visuals I think that have happened in years as far as oh, it, it looks like you're watching a comic book, but it's moving, but it's not like those cheesy, like semi moving comics that they tried to do like five, 10 years ago. It's just, they have like offset printing dots that are kind of like throughout the thing. They have like thought bubbles that come up that, don't feel awkward. They feel like they belong there. Uh, they're interacting with like thought bubbles and dialogue boxes. And, and then they're also like throughout the whole thing during like major action sequences, instead of seeing fluid movement, you're seeing flashes of comic book panels and it, it, it feels like it belongs. It is, it is a beautiful work of art. It is amazing. Uh And they did most of the movie in Photoshop. So they made a feature film with Photoshop. It's, it's, it blew my mind. It's oh, incredible. Man. I gotta see that. You gotta, gotta see wait. it. There's somebody over here. Hang on. What? What do you? What do you need? What do you? You guys, I had to come back <laughs> to tell you this is, this is the guy from the intro. If you guys continue, you'll be recording for eternity. You have to stop the podcast. <laughs> You have to stop the episode. <laughs> Corey Kerr's art can be found at CoreyKerr.com. Scott Circland, who was on Monday's episode, can be found at CoreyKerr.com. Josh Kemble can be found at QuarterlyStories.com. And you should check out all of these things to see the crazy projects that are going on. And now we're going to go back to the future. 